Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David McDerris, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and please subscribe. We're going to continue our podcast series. David and I are here again today. David, David is sitting here looking all very solemn and serious. No. <laughs> We're going to keep going through our discussion of the wind turbine. We've made it now to the back of the wind turbine. And we're going to talk about the tail and the unsung song of the tail and what what it does. I mean, you you were just looking you're looking too serious. I'm looking you're at looking, myself over there in the mirror. Oh, you so I'm just admiring at the L, myself. My LG monitor there, man. <laughs> Self hypnotism. Yeah. So the tail tail's very important. You know, our fearless leader and owner Crystal definitely wants us to talk about it, and and it is a very important part of our. Wind turbine. Not, not enough to actually join the podcast. Though, well, right? anyway, I, I but, mean, it was. But she did it, make a good it, point. It is a very big part of our wind turbine. As you well know, when you look at a wind turbine, that's going to be one of the first things you would see besides okay. the blade. So let's talk about this. What is the, when you, when you talk about wind turbines, I think one of the things, if you went out and Googled it and started looking at it, you would get into this whole is it furling versus not furling? Right. What's the correct right. terminology here? Well, furling tail, just meaning a furling tail means to, to move away from, to furl is to move away from, so or to move out of. So a furling tail would be something that would turn itself automatically out of the wind after, after a certain wind speed. And so in super high wind areas, say western Wyoming, at the base of the mountains where they have – 80 mile an hour plus winds very, very frequently. You know, that would be a place that somebody typically looks at trying to make their a furling tail because they, our wind turbines are, are rated up to 80 mile an hour wind. But there again, they sometimes receive 85, 90 mile, consistently blowing winds, not just tornadic, not just tornadic events, but really overall this day to day wind, you know, especially in the fall and the spring when it's coming off the mountains. So, a furling tail would be something you would think about in that respect, but in 99% of the country, it's not something that would be used for us. What's the basic idea? I mean, how, is, how I'm sitting here trying to imagine what that looks like. The basic idea is it's got a spring. It's loaded with a spring, and a spring is rated to a certain okay. PSI. And once that gets compressed. And once it gets compressed enough, it starts to move the blades in the, in the PMG out of the wind. It starts turning it away from the wind. And so there again, it, it's not that it's not an applicable deal, but it's not for the 99% gotcha. of our customers. Gotcha. So ours are going to be a fixed tail base. They're going to mount directly to our bracket, to our C bracket. And it's just going to come most of our, all of our systems come with two arms and then a tail fin. And so the, the tail fin and the arms mount to the bracket and then, and then the tail fin itself plays a huge role. Because because that is what's actually catching the wind. We actually make three different types of tail fins. For the basic, we have a we call it our small flippy tail, right? And it's, <laughs> it's a, a technical term. That's our technical term, the flippy tail. But it's the smallest one we have. And really, all we're trying to do with our tails is balance the the front end, the the back end of the front end. So on our big large 
2,000 watt turbines, they're going to have the largest tail fin and the largest arms. They're going to be what they are. We call our extended arm and extended tail fin. So it's going to be a little bigger than our regular 1,600 watt. They're going to look very similar. The, the cut and, and shape are the same, but they're just a little larger scale to keep that balance. So because it is very important, the tail fin track into the wind and hold there to get to capture the most energy max, we can. Max right, wind. Because you know, we've talked about how the rotation of the blades has to happen. The faster the rotation, the more energy we produce. So the better I'm going to hold directly into that oncoming wind, the more chance I have of making energy from that. Is there any kind of, I can't imagine that there is, but is there any kind of maintenance, any kind of anything you really need to do Not other than on make our, sure that you're, like you're saying, Obviously, the balance of it. Right. No, not on be. our not on our sixteen hundred watt and our two thousand watt series. They're a full hot dip galvanized system. Nothing needs to happen. They're a fifty year type galvanization. I mean, you just don't have to do anything to those. Now, on the flippy tail, the the small basic one, it is going to be bare steel. So you're going to need to either coat it with some kind of varnish, marine okay. varnish, or paint it. You come, know. So come back to that on these tails. You could do anything you wanted to with them, then, right? I right, mean, if you correct. wanted to customize it and you yeah. wanted, oh, we you wanted the flames the and and uh, yeah. any kind of any kind of paint or anything like right. that you want to do to it, knock yourself out. Yep, it, it's anything you want to do, they're they're yours to do it with. So. Okay, anything else we need to talk about on? Nope, just the tail. You know, there again, if you know, they're they're specific to the actual PMG. So if you're going to change from a sixteen hundred watt unit to a two thousand watt unit generator head. You're going to have to change your tail fin. So it is a it is balancing the weight of that correct correct of that PMG PMA right. And I mean that's a major component of it, along with keeping it into the wind. Right, correct. Okay, all right. Well, let's move into the one that that I was more interested in before the big boss came in and said, "Got to talk about this." <laughs> she's in here with us. She's not she's not talking, but we're we're getting some dagger look shot to us. I can comment on that because she won't come over here and talk while we're while we're recording. The, I can um, laugh. <laughs> so coming out of so coming out of the motor, so we get into the the wild AC coming off of it. Great. Right? In in typical. Now we've got we've got is it one motor or we got? Well, we have a twelve and a, a twelve and a forty eight volt in the PMA that is a comes off a DC. A DC. Yes, and so it would. But be, for the most part. Our PMGs yes. are coming off with wild, wild AC. Wild AC. Right. And that's a, that is a three-phase. It's three-phase, non-regulated voltage and non-regulated frequency. Frequency is, is determined by the, the revolutions per minute. And so if I'm spinning at a 10-mile-an-hour wind at 266 RPMs, and then all of a sudden I go to a 20-mile-an-hour wind and I'm spinning 500 RPMs, it's I'm at a 26 the frequency is somewhere around in the mid twenties on the the lower okay. end. Okay. What are you telling me here? Because yeah, frequency frequency is me. very important when it comes to like inverters. That is a very important deal because all of electronics are going to run on a certain frequency, and they have to have that at a certain when they when they build say a computer screen like the LG computer screen. Now this is something different than when we're talking about Hertz, though, right? No, that's Hertz. That is Hertz. That's Hertz. Okay. That's Hertz. So yes. so that's where Sam's telling us, like when we're talking about if you've got an atomic clock. Right. If you if you've got fifty Hertz coming in, right. It ain't gonna work, right? That's right. <laughs> They're designed on sixty Hertz. Now designed if you had hertz. an atomic 
clock that was designed on 50 hertz, it'd be all right. It'd be fine. Okay. So, you know, and different countries have different, you know, in the U S we're based on 60 hertz. Whereas in the UK, they're, they're based solely, not solely, but most of the UK is based on a 50 hertz. And so it mean basically meaning that it, there again, it's. Okay. So back up now. So it's, we're talking about this, this wild AC coming off of here mm-hmm. and your the frequency is, is changing. It's changing. That? Like all constantly, the place, yeah, all the time. it's all the time. I mean, you know, the, and what's the, it ranging from? What, oh, I mean, it just, ranging from zero to maybe up to, it could be up to, say, one hundred and fifty hertz. Okay, you know, so all over the scale, all over the scale. And and is this getting handled once again by the batteries, or yes. is it? Yes, the batteries are going to handle it. The batteries don't particularly care about hertz, and so as I come down from my three phase, right. When I come down, so so we'll back up a little bit in our, and, and go back into what we were talking, just starting to talk about. So when we come off our turbine, we're coming out the three-phase And the only AC. thing three-phase wild AC is good for is changing it into something good or right. knocking the hell out of your buddy while he's holding one right. of those wires. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yes, that is exactly right because <laughs> that's all it is good for, right? That is, and there is nothing that wild AC is good for except bringing it down in a longer capacity I can come down because in wild AC. AC you right. can, you I can, can run travel a, a lot farther in your DC than on that small gauge wire than I can on that, you know, and DC I've got to have because I'm traveling more amperage than I am voltage. So I'm going to have to be on a larger size wire, larger AUG wire. Okay. And so with our stuff, are you, are you rectifying it right off? Of- no, most of our stuff, 95% of the time, People will rectify it directly before their battery bank. Okay, because you want to ride that AC. As you want to far ride that AC as long as you can. Okay, and and when we're talking about that, that's where we talked about in the in the pod video cast. That's the magical black box. Yeah, that's the magic blocks. That, yeah, that's where all the magic happens. And so that's coming in there at at that rectifier. Wild a wild AC. Wild AC. It could be all these different frequencies, and then we're bringing it off of the tower essentially. We're running it down on what kind of what typical wiring are we running down? We use an SJO cable. It's called SJO. It's is that a, still stranded? It's stranded. It's a stranded is copper that just, wire. Is why are we why are we using a stranded in that case? Flexibility. Okay, I was wondering if it's, that was it's really flexibility. You could use solid, but it's it's just not as flexible, and it just doesn't it won't perform as well. And when we're talking about flexibility and wire. We're we are literally talking about being able to take that wire and bend it back yeah, and flex forth, it, back yeah, and forth, literally move flexing it, around. it. Yes, and where if you yeah. take if you take wire from out of your house that's running the wire, right. I mean you yeah. bend that Step, thing. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's it's like it's a different application. Molding, yeah, it's like molding clay. I mean, it's going to stay where you bend it to. You know. Okay, so we come up, we come off of that that three phase wild AC. It's whatever hertz is coming off of there. We're getting it down to that that rectifier somewhere along the way, right? And then we're so what size cable are we typically running that on? Forty eight volt and twenty four volt. We're running on twelve gauge, and then on on the twelve volt. So we're that's running a pretty ten. So that's a pretty light wire overall. For Fairly me. light there again because I'm traveling voltage. I'm not trying to push amperage. I'm trying to push voltage. So it's rated it's rated up to four hundred volts. And I don't have a turbine that will produce over 400 volts. Okay, so so that's not a bad deal. So, right. so you get you get to the block pretty easily. Right. Okay. Right. So we get to the block, and we want that block as close to the 
batteries as possible, and then we rectify it. Right. How do we, how does the rectifier, how do we set that to now match to what we're going to in our battery bank? Is that just it it doesn't it doesn't match it what it all all the rectifier is doing is literally rectifying the power from wild three phase AC down to single phase DC power. And it does this with a well there's a if you was to crack open this magic box, you would find a lot of blocking diodes basically in this thing. And so with the configuration that they have, and there's many things on the, the computer you can see on YouTube, and it's, it's pretty interesting when you look at it, and it shows how they fire, you know, because you have the three legs coming down, so leg one and two will fire at the same time, and then right. it will jump to one and three. Because it's two constantly and three. changing. Right. And that's that. Because inside that rotor that we talked about in our earlier podcast, as it's running past each magnet as it runs past a certain deal, it's firing on one of those deals. And so it's constantly missing one of them, but it's hitting two of them okay. at any given time. All right. It's coming down as three-phase wild AC. And we are we are looking at what's coming down as, are we looking at it as primarily as voltage? Yes. Or? Yes. Not to say there's not traveling amperage too, but it's very light amperage because we, we're letting the voltage stay higher. Instead of rectifying it down and coming to a, to a single phase, which would be a lot higher amperage, we basically spread that amperage out over three okay. instead of one. This is where I get really in the weeds because of my overall lack of understanding. We're going to rate a wind turbine at 400 watts, 1,000 watts, 1,600 watts. Correct. And that's going to be, but we're, but we're, also, we're also looking at it and saying this is a 12 volt, this is a 24, this is a mm-hmm. 48. And so the thing that, that we don't typically put on there also is the amperage. Correct. Which is the amperage is going to just be a division of right. what that wattage is. Because of, so what we are really looking at there is then that that amperage, are we trying to get the amperage as low as possible coming to, in? To the rectifier, we are. Okay, to the rectifier and to the charge controller, we're, we're looking to keep that as low as possible. Now, we want the same amount because of amperage. Because if, if it runs, the, the less amperage it comes down those wires, the smaller wire we can have. Correct. The less heat it, the less the heat, less heat it's going this, to produce, yeah. right? And so, the, and so the more efficient it will be. You know, anytime your heat starts raising electricity, your efficiency rating is going down. You know, that's, that's, that's one reason the LED bulbs are so efficient. Go touch your hand to an LED bulb versus a like virtually no heat on them. Or virtually no heat, and so that's why they're so go much more efficient, right? You know, yeah, go touch an old you know Edison light bulb, and you'll <laughs> you'll come back less from skin is what will happen. So so that's the deal there. I mean, heat is is really a killer of electricity, and it, especially the efficiency of electricity. And and then that's why when we get into the the higher voltage wind turbine, so when we get up to the forty eight volt wind turbine. Our amperage is really, really dropping low. on right. those, and so our cabling is really small. Right. It can be really, and then we're getting to the rectifier, and then we're getting to the batteries on a really right, and and that's where it comes back to when we talk about either either having an understanding of this or call us and talk with us about right. your setup. Right. I mean the the logistics of where your wind turbine is going to be versus where your batteries are right. comes into play here. You know, and, and you you mentioned something earlier, and a lot of people ask us, you know, well, what's the amperage output? 
And there's so the, the reason we don't that's list just one that. half of the right. equation. Right. And that's the reason we don't list it. And because you say one half of the equation, that's one piece of the equation. Right. Okay. Right. You but know, still, because, not- because I don't know what size, I don't know what type of battery bank you have. And not only do I not know what type of battery bank you have, I don't know at what state they're charged. I don't know. There's so many factors that come into well, okay. so it. It's now, almost impossible. Where, where does that come into play? So we let's Resistance. just say we've hit the we've hit the rectifier now. We hit and the there, rectifier. There's nothing and, and, more that we're going to talk about here other than the rectifier right. changes the wild AC and rectifies it into whatever and at, 12, and at, 24, and at or 48 point, volts, yeah. right? And at that point, there would be no more to talk about in the deal until you got to the battery bank. I couldn't give you any more information until I got to the battery. But but what's coming out of there? It's just it's it's like hooking your garden hose up to whatever. If you hook it up to something that's totally blowing water, then don't stand in front of that garden hose because you're going right. to be able to to do a water saw with it. Right. Or if it's just trickling out, it's going to trickle out even less. Right. So right. so on that rectifier, it's going to only matter how much it's right either constricting or right opening up. Right. Okay. So we're on the other side of that rectifier now. And is the only thing that we're looking at that rectifier is whether it's rectifying the, the wild AC coming down into. That's all it's looking at. I mean, is, it is. It, it really. But it's got to match. It's got to match what your what well, your voltage is coming off of your. Well, rectifiers don't have a volt. They're not voltage specific. Really? Okay. No, they're not. Now, in our wind turbines, we use a 90 amp in the 12 and the 24 volt model. We use a 90 amp rectifier, and it's going to be a, a big black box, and it's going to have the fins on it, because when we hit that battery bank and cause resistance, that's where the resistance is really hey, going it's to. It's on happen. the other side. We're right. not worried about what's happening right. coming. That's down where the heat, though, is going to back up. Is in that? Is it because we know that they, that there's no amperage coming down from the right? The amperage is just so small, so you small. know, because it's not been combined yet. It's on the other side of it right. that we're looking at where the amperage comes from. Right. Okay. Okay, gotcha. So we're on the other side of the rectifier now. We're on the DC side. We're yes. on the DC side. And you said, now I got to know what your batteries look like. Right. I got to know what, what composition they are, what, you know, so basically when I say composition, are they are they an aqueous battery, meaning are they like a lead acid, AGM, are they a... But at this point... Could we have had a, let's just say our our wind turbine was far away, and so we wanted a 48 volt, uh-huh. and so we are coming down with a 48, we get to the rectifier, but we want a 12 volt battery system. Not going to happen. Okay. No. The only way that that can happen. Oh, it can. It can, but it's can. expensive, right? Right. The only way it's going to happen is just like you would be in solar panels. It's got to go through an MPPT. The nominal voltage has got to match. On a controller. So that 48 system like that's still going to be expensive. Yeah. So if your wind turbine, realistically, unless you're going to buy MPPT, if your wind turbine it's is far be. away from the batteries, right. you're talking about a more expensive system. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly that's right. That's bottom line. Right. Bottom line. You know, that's exactly right. I mean, it, it's got a match. I mean, it's it's just like solar like we've talked about before. If I start out 48 on my PMG, I've got to have a 48-volt controller, and I have to have a 48-volt battery bank. And that, okay. That's just what I have to have. We hit the we hit the rectifier, mm-hmm. and then we're going from the rectifier into the charge control. Correct. Okay. And what you're what you're telling me is is that in this wind scenario, what are we using? In this wind scenario, we typically are going to be selling our controller, which is going to be 
the three pal the three or the three pal's got kind of an it, it's the all in one so it's going to have the rectifier already attached also with the brake system which we'll come back to here in a minute and then also it's going to have the dump load that would be and the charge controller itself because the charge controller is only one one component on that board and that's why we list it as the all in one because it's actually the diversion controller is what it is it's a diversion controller okay using a relay all right so i think that's probably where we probably need to go for our next podcast. Yeah. So we've got, let's just say we've got it down to the rectifier. Yeah. And now one, one little fast thing, we get a lot of people that, that want to be able, well, what if I want to be able to stop my turbine? And and the only reason I talk about this now is because this happens before rectification. Okay. The brake, the brake, and it's a manual brake switch and it has three positions. It has run, which is allowing power to pass through it. It has stop or brake, which is, stopping the turbine or slowing it very, very significantly to the point that you could, you could literally touch it with your hand and not hurt yourself. Or we have free spin and free spin is only used for testing purposes. Only we would only use free spin in a testing situation. So typically you're either going to be in break or in run mode there again. Okay. Spin. And what, what break does is it just creates a hard short across it, right? Basically it's just a hard short across it. And what's, What's that hard short? What it does is causes those magnets to reverse polarity on each other and 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 fight against each other. So they're up there constantly trying to fight each other. One's trying to push one way, the other one's trying to push the other way, and so it's just kind of sitting there doing nothing. I mean, it it just it can't do anything basically. And so when I, not to say that it can't spin, but in brake mode, if it was spinning in brake mode, it would not be transferring electricity through the through the actual brake. And let's talk about the scenarios where you would use that. One being in normal run mode, we're talking about, and let's just throw something out here. And this is this is just a podcast, folks. This isn't this isn't written in the manuals. This is right. a podcast. But normal wind speeds being zero to zero to fifty. I mean, fifty being the high high end of what we would. And so that's a super breezy day here in Missouri. Yeah, Let happens. it run. It's producing a lot of good power, that sort of thing. And then when it got over the 50, that's when you would look to break it. Now, the thing you cannot do is... Turn the brake on while going 50. <laughs> Just like you cannot put the car First in gear. park. Yeah, you can't put it in park while going 50. You can. You, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like your car, you're going to replace the whole motor in this thing or the, or the drivetrain. So we can go ahead and give you the sales telephone yep, number yep. now. <laughs> the thing there is you have to anticipate what's going to happen. Right. You got a big storm you know is coming. There's a big storm in the Gulf. There's a big storm in the Pacific. Right. I don't even know if that happens, but it, but you get the idea. <laughs> it does. But Something big is coming. You got to get ahead of this and break it. What's the right. what's really the about the max speed that you, you know, can hit a break? Really, max speed, of the, we, we want you to turn it on under 20. Under 20. And the brake was never intended to just flip it on and leave it on all the time, right? Because you are creating a dead short. So if I get a monstrous wind that's going to be blowing for, for you know, or say I have a cabin in the mountains and I say, well, I'm going to be gone for a month and I'm going to flip the brake on. At that point, it's better to leave it on run, stick it to a battery, stick it to the battery bank and make sure you have the correct amount of dump load that is going to be a better system for you than just flipping or, on the brake. Or option three, which for all of our Floridian folks is 
take it down. Take it down. <laughs> or we have a lot of people now that are starting to make a, a at least make a deal where they can actually just lock down the blade set without having to break it. Just make a, you know, now do not throw a soft rope <laughs> into your blade turbine. <laughs> that is a very, very silly statement that's been made. If so, have my sales number ready again so you can call me to buy the blades and a new hub. That's like seeing those strips that they throw down when somebody's trying to yeah. do the yeah, getaway in a yeah. car and it blows all the tires. Yeah. It, it'll based, work. Yeah, it's it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like the, uh, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. I mean, yeah, it'll work. The well, tires are no good. The, the, good, the car but, slows down yeah. and so will the wind turbine. So will the wind turbine. <laughs> and it won't spin anymore because your blades will be totally destroyed. But so anyway. The, but, but the thing is, if you are... We've talked about it in our school when we our, our workshop when we bring folks up here. I mean, we leave our stuff up all the time because we're curious as to what's right, happen. right. But <laughs> and we have seen seventy mile an hour plus on our wind turbine that's setting on a sixty five foot tower, and it was not in brake and it was not in free span, and it produced energy. Now the dump load was very warm <laughs> that day the, because it's got to get rid of that. There's excess. some interesting yeah. colors in our dump yeah, loads out yeah, there. Yeah. It was producing, you know, at a time we saw it produce up to 2,700 watts. I mean, you it have was a, getting it. a weenie roast out there. Yeah, it was, it was hot. <laughs> you don't want to touch the relay or the dump load at that point. Or the wall or it's the roof. It's pretty warm. Yeah, it's pretty warm. Anything out there. So. But that's the thing is your option should always be is to take it down. And if, you're, if your situation or, or your structure is not where you can take it down, then you've made a mistake. Right. I definitely recommend making a structure that is either climbable without the need of a crane or a bucket truck. I would say that you need to make some type of structure. Because that, you got to at least get up there every six months. Yeah, you need to be, you need to make it a serviceable tower to begin with because this isn't a set it and forget it application. Right. You have to maintain and service your turbine. Right. So if I lived in an area and, and this is all due to, this is all going to be back on the customer. If I know I live in an area that, that is prone to high wind speeds, that they happen quite frequently, then I need to build a, design a tower. Now, if I live in a place that that maybe I get an 80-mile-an-hour wind every five years, maybe that's a different situation. Right. But it's not – and in Seymour, Missouri, that is not the case. I mean, we need to be able to bring this thing up and down, you know. At a moment's notice, you know, and so. So ours is set up that way. It's set up that way. Ours is cantilevered out there, 65-foot tower. Not a hard. We could probably take it down in 20 minutes, wouldn't you think? Probably less. If it was an emergency, we would have it down in 10. You know, there again, if it's an emergency, I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to let it go quickly, you know, if if I'm taking it down just to make I'm going to be careful and let right, it right, very right. easily. But so. but it's not. It certainly isn't a two-day project. No. To, to no, bring it's it down not a two-day project. Sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you take a look at that so that that gets us down the back of the turbine it gets the brake switch it gets us over to rectification rectification is going to get us over to our our Single charge controller DC, yep. and we'll walk through that on our next podcast all right so follow us up on there thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today if you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast email us at radio at mwands.com You can follow us on our website, mwands.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts, like our podcasts and YouTube videos. And most importantly, 
It keeps Lucy's doggy chicken treats coming. Thanks again.